Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. This is Therese Skelly, and I'm so excited that you are here with us for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. And I don't know if you can see, but my guest, Catherine, got the memo of the color theme we're doing today. So we're clearly doing the Irish girls are doing gold and yellow today. (laughs) It doesn't happen often. So I'm like, wow, that was cool. Anyway, so I'm really excited to be here with Catherine Ewing. We go way, way, like so many years, like we're like the you know, the, the, I don't know, the seniors, long haulers, haulers. we're the long haulers (laughs) in the internet industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so as I'm thinking of guests for my podcast, Catherine popped up and I'm like, Ooh, I want to talk to you sister. So Catherine, tell us a little bit about what you do and more importantly, what you love about it. Yeah. Well, I do have to say one thing. We go back so far that my hair was your color. You're right. <laughs> you're right. And you, you're far braver than I am. I'm not giving up uh, with the bleach, the color red. I am not. I'm, I'm fighting the age thing. So God yeah. bless you for surrendering to the, to the silver, which is, looks beautiful on you. You know what? I was able to pull it off. And so. Totally. Totally. Yeah, and just, it's so short that one cut is all I needed to tell whether it was going to awesome. work or not. Good job. I, Good job. So I. Um, I have been a licensed clinical social worker for almost 30 years, uh, working as a psychotherapist, which is a complete shock for me because it's not what I thought I would be doing in the field because I was a really grassroots you know, social worker. But my, ex- my expertise and real area of interest is doing a really deep dive with women um, to change the patterns that are repeating in their lives that they may not even be aware of until we start to do the work and point it out because it's literally what was embedded in their subconscious when they were children, right? We know that by the time you're six or six and a half, pretty much your sense of the world, your place in it, whether you're safe, whether your needs are going to get met, whether it's okay for you to speak up or ask for something, right? That is all pretty much wired in by the time we're six and a half. And, you know, having been a child protective service worker, someone who had an expertise in child abuse, child sexual abuse, neglect in families, I know very well that we don't all have great beginnings. And so just as we were talking before we came on, the message that I'm passionate about sharing, if I could stand on the highest, you know, rooftop or mountain or whatever. I would say to women who sometimes are questioning whether they're crazy or why they can't seem to stop doing the things that they know aren't, that you're not crazy. You may have adapted some pretty crazy ways as a way of surviving in the environment, whether that's family, culture, religion, patriarchy, like you name it, we got it. (laughs) 
no, you're not crazy. You're not broken beyond repair. And we can, you know, you can do the deep dive to do the work energetically to heal those wounds, big wounds or small right? You know, as I'm, as um, I feel that I, I process the world through energy, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like how my body yep. responds. And as you're saying, <laughs> you're not crazy. I'm literally knowing there's somebody out there or multiples of somebody's out there that so freaking need to hear that. And so mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, so we, we had a little pre-show moment, like, what are we going to talk about? And then we just know that spirit takes it wherever it's going to go. Um, so we're going to talk about a little bit of like, how the law of attraction kind of messes you up. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work and you feel nuts. But we're going to start because this is Catherine and I both work in this field trauma. Mm-hmm. How often the I'm crazy is just a response to trauma, right? And so, so can we just, can just start there because it just, it just called me a lot. Like, yeah. like when you said, you know, you're not crazy, you're just adapting. Like the, what you had to do to save your freaking life. To survive. Yeah, to yeah. survive. So let's just start there because I, I, I feel like pe- there are people listening that just are craving this in understanding. Yeah. So why don't Thank we start you. there? That's a, it's such a beautiful place to start, Therese, because, yeah. you know, people don't often relate. Uh, it's always amazing to me to the word trauma. Mm. You know, they're like, oh, you know, my family was just whatever. And then they go on to describe the things that happened in their family. And all. Yeah, yeah. But it's normalized. Right. Because when people hear trauma, they mostly think of, you know, whether it's PTSD, like veteran war yes. trauma or right. something like a sexual assault or being held up by gun, which I have been twice as, as a restaurant worker. or a terrible car accident, like there, the idea the big of things, trauma the big traumas yeah. is like a one-time major incident that turns your life upside down. Yeah. But I like, but but it's the little traumas. I yeah. call it the big T and the little T traumas. You've probably used that language yourself, where it's the everyday messages that you're getting. What I'm calling the insults to your integrity. I used to hear it when I did child protective services. I brought you into this world and I can take you out of this world, uh, right? Uh, yeah. And just the the messages that we get when our needs are not met on a regular basis, where there's no structure perhaps in our system so that we can't depend on anything happening. Children need developmentally, you know that, right? Um if we express a need and we're told to shut up or mm-hmm. shamed or punished in some way, if we, you know, and, and girls and boys experience this differently, right? The boys, it's don't cry, don't be a baby, right. don't be a sissy, you're a pussy, whatever. You know, girls, it's something else. Don't be too much, don't be needy. Yeah. Be you're nice. So emotional, be nice. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So people, I think it's so important to really let people know that these little insults to our integrity are traumatic. And, you know, when I, in fact, I said this in my TED talk, Dr. Gabor Mate, who says trauma isn't what happens to us. It's what happens in us, within us, as a result of what happens to us. We become more defended, less flexible, right? So our entire nervous system is 
wired in such a way that we're in that fight or flight, right? That All the time. sympathetic nervous right. system. That's our default mode. Mm-hmm. And so we're easily triggered. We're worrying all the time. We're trying to control the mm-hmm. I was just going to say, so we adapt from that. And so the perfectionism, yeah. the, the, you know, the self-shaming statements, the control, you know, and the need happening. to always be doing for women, right. doing, doing, oh, right, right. the value is in the doing, right. You know, women in their fifties, sixties and seventies saying, I still can't sit down and watch a show from start to finish. I've got to be folding laundry or, you know, doing Jumping up and, and doing something else in between, finishing the dishes. It's like we don't even give ourselves permission to sit down. Yeah. For- I, re- I really like how you basically said, because, because what most people do is, well, I didn't have that or the mine wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, neglect is just as it's, it's worse because it's insidious. Right. So we're like, well, like nobody hit me. Well, they neglected you. So so what we're basically saying is when the parents weren't there for you. And I'll tell you a story. When I used to be a, a, a therapist in a substance abuse clinic, I was running outpatient treatment programs. And I was telling this story. So I'm a therapist. I have a master's degree. I went through therapy school. And I was saying to the, to the patients like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I had an alcoholic family. And in the middle of the night, my parents would wake us up at 3 a.m. drunk. I was nine. And they'd say, when we divorce, who do you want to go with? And I'm just telling this story like it's funny. And the patients yeah. were like, oh. And I, I was like, Oh, is that what we mean that something was wrong with that? Like I was a freaking therapist, but I was yeah. so in the story. I mean, <laughs> what a funny story for my life. And it's hard and it to see our own shadows. And it wasn't until somebody reflected back the yes. trauma. And so, so how do, how do, how do we know? Cause, cause I know for me, when I can work with people and say, that's just a trauma response or, but of course you would act that way. Of course you would. So how do we sort of help people normalize the crazy or the way they feel crazy or because they've been gaslit and told they're crazy. Right. So how do we, mm-hmm. how do we get people to kind of go, of course you would respond that way. God bless you. That saved your freaking life. So, so where yeah. do you start with that? Well, I, just exactly that. I think having someone say it to you yeah. to, yeah. to say, that's not a normal response within a family to make you kneel on rice on the floor for two hours because uh, you forgot to bring your jacket home from school or something. Yeah, right, like, right, right, right. Um, though, because it does become normalized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not normal for kids to get lined up after dinner every night and and literally get beatings oh. down the um but as a part of the way they survive, children have to believe that this is normal because the other side of that is I have to believe that my parents love me because yeah. I, I, this is my life. I can't survive right. by myself. Right. So then they take it on as there must be something wrong with me. Right. 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 It must be my fault. I must be doing something wrong. And that's the then we get into the constant trying to figure it out and the, the perfectionism and the control. Because if I could just figure yeah. out the piece of the puzzle and then I could be the good girl or the smart boy or the this right. or that. So the normalizing it is those of us who can see it to gently and lovingly be able to say, you're not crazy. Yeah. Your situation was crazy. Right. And in order to survive in that situation, 
as best you could, you adapted a personality that may have served you as a child, but now as an adult is holding you back because you don't say what you really feel. You never ask for what you need. You're a chameleon. You're always changing who you are based on the environment Mm -hmm. that you're in. And then you wonder why it's hard to have an intimate relationship with someone. Or you you pick the same kind of person over and over and over. (laughs) Yeah. You have them, but they're not working. Yeah. It seems different at the beginning, but pretty soon you realize, oh, same same guy, different package, right? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So the more of us that can shine some love on that and then support whoever that person is to then turn, I'm turning because I feel like when the wounded parts of us are being triggered, it's like turning to it, the younger yeah. part, like a child pulling on your pant leg. And instead of saying, shut up, get out of here. You're such a jerk. You're so stupid. You're such a loser. To really be able to say, come here, honey. Exactly. I exactly. Oh, exactly. I love you. Exactly. Come on, come on, climb up here and let's just have a little chat. Yes, and that's it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just I'm so excited. I love this conversation. I just want to jump in. self deprivate, you know, deprivation is one thing, but, but the self-loathing and the, you know, the the critical self-talk to really recognize when I'm in that place of feeling out of control or sad or, you know, whatever triggered, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. that it's a wounded part of you asking for love and acceptance. So a way to some identifiers is you can say, how old do I feel emotionally right now? Because we're sitting yeah. in 60 year old bodies. But if suddenly I'm like, God, this feels just like when I was nine with my father. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So I that's an indicator, right? Talking the, to a woman in her 50s yesterday. And we said that not only about one person, but there's someone in her neighborhood who doesn't, who just walks into her house without ever asking, just opens the door, walks in. Her boss, there are so many people in her life. And I I say, so who does that remind you of? And then in her case, it's both of her parents, but some of them are her mother's qualities, very narcissistic, no boundaries, right? And then dad over here. So yes, how old do you feel? Or Mm -hmm. when else have you felt like Mm -hmm. that? Or Mm -hmm. who else felt like that to Mm -hmm. you? Yeah. Yeah. the yeah, thing is to because, really... because it's the somatic, it's the felt mm-hmm. sensation. It's not necessarily a thought that they have in, in their mm-hmm. minds. Like, oh yeah, that's what my mother used to do. That might be, but relating it to how they're feeling mm-hmm. is often much more powerful. Um, and then they can feel compassion. It's easier to get to the compassion. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. When they feel those younger parts of themselves and how scared or lonely or shamed or, mm. you know, not good say, enough. I would say if somebody gave you a six-year-old that felt like they were a piece of shit and they were never going to have a good life, you wouldn't tell them to shut up. You know, you would be kind and compassionate. So imagine if somebody handed you this, like, so whatever child part, whatever age, you know, if it's if you were wounded more in your teenage years, you might get the regressive. I'm sorry, the the aggressive, the yeah, fuck everybody. You know, <laughs> you might get, get right. the acting out, at the angry part, part. The, the angry part, right? And and if you just understand, like I was talking to a client recently, and I said, you just like plants, every everything goes to the light. All behaviors are designed to like 
you know, even if it's seemingly bad behavior, if you have the space of like, ah, oh, you were wounded and that was the choice you made to get more light, to get more love, to get something. So I love yeah. the, 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 the theme of compassion. I love that like, okay, so we're going to like shift gears because we can. We're Irish. We got the gift of gab. Holy heck, this could be a three-hour workshop, but we're going to try yeah. to get it. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about, okay, so we talked about, you know, if you have trauma and you're, and, and now let's say you're at midlife, because I think stuff happens at midlife. And that means, you know, the kids probably are gone. You're not fundamentally raising children. You may have, maybe have relationships have ended. Your career's different. Yeah. How, how does this, how, how does this all intersect? Well, the first thing that's got, that popped into my mind was something that <clears throat> I believe it was Jean Houston. It could have been Barbara Marks Hubbard, but one of the mothers of yes, you know, yes. consciousness <laughs> yeah. talks about this period, that period in life, midlife or even menopause or postmenopause, where all of this beautiful creative energy that we have poured into relationships and careers or, you know, raising children, being at home is now freed up to literally give birth to ourselves. Ooh, and this is that's hot. This is part of why I love working with women in midlife, because there is that aspect. There is the chemical, meta, you know, sort of the medicine side of it. And Dr. Christian Northrup talks about this, where literally the hormonal changes are allowing us to sort of feel more. So our irritability, mm. or it's like, oh, I wonder what that was about. <laughs> and, and then just developmentally, we're in a place where being more authentic, figuring out who we really are now that we're not good daughter, good mother, wife, good mother, good mm -hmm worker, good grief, like who the hell am I? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it all and the times that we're in. Okay. I mean, I have found COVID to be an incredible container for going deeper with people. There yep. we are really being invited yep. as more and more light comes onto the planet where everything that's been in the dark and in the shadows, not only of the collective, but individually is being brought forward that women are circling around and going deeper to heal things that maybe they thought they had, I dealt with that already, but there's an the element right. of it's not quite complete. It's not right. quite complete. So there's all of this stirring up uh, <sighs> in midlife. And especially now when, you know, 60 is, 40 or 40. If, if we're doing midlife sister, we're like going to live 120. So yeah, midlife, like this, this ain't like, your mother's menopause, right? My boyfriend mother. always reminds me of like, uh, you're not midlife, honey. <laughs> Quiet. So yeah. let's talk, let's talk about, I feel like the COVID, the, this age, you know, by this age, we've had the shit kicked out of us. Usually, right. We've had losses. I know you've had tremendous losses. We've We've started businesses. We have like, had relationships came and come and go, and maybe our health changes or whatever. There's yeah, so much. We've had addictions. Exactly. Or yeah. Lost children. Yeah. Right. So there's so much to me. The big word in that is surrender. You could you could choose to just be angry, or you can surrender to what is. So I, I feel like that is a 
that's the most important thing. And I think it's the hardest, especially if you have trauma and you're an overachiever that's going to make it happen. God damn it. <laughs> or if you've bought into the law of attraction and you're just waiting, just waiting. You know what I mean? So, so sometimes we can yeah. hustle our way through. Sometimes we can spiritualize our way through. And at the end of the day, you got to freaking surrender. So let's talk about that weird triumvirate of, of ways of being, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, how many minutes do we have? I know, I know. <laughs> because I the know. whole, you know, energy, law of attraction, emotional guidance scale, mm -hmm. and then, you know, what I figured out after years of trying to make the law of attraction work and realizing something's not happening here was that, oh, if I'm or anyone, is holding on to these lower, denser, heavier, heavier mm. energies of fear or worry mm. or blame or shame or despondency or depression or, you know, whatever it might be. There's no way we can attract can't do it right. what we want because we are literally not a vibrational match. Right. And that's, Therese, when I started putting the law of attraction and tapping together, because for me, oh, cool. EFT yeah. is the perfect methodology, if you will, mm. to bring those heavy, dense energies that have been stuck and held in the body mm -hmm. to the surface to be healed. And yeah. then as we do, we get to move up that vibrational guidance scale. Um, so that's one piece, not exactly like the surrender, but in, it, but in a way it is, it's surrendering to the energy that we're carrying to let it be released through us otherwise there's just resistance mm -hmm. and friction that yeah. doesn't allow us to really step in and then i think just on a deeper level again in terms of this awakening process that we're all going through whether we're consciously aware of it or not um we're all learning to surrender i think covid was a, a big message in mm -hmm. surrendering mm -hmm. here is here is a worldwide phenomenon that really we can't do a thing about except breathe into it and try to live the best we can as it works its way through. And I know for myself, between having had Lyme and then COVID, you know, so exhausted, so much brain fog, trying to keep working. I just finally hit several walls, you know, a few number of months back now. And I just said, I've got, got to surrender. I just can't keep doing this. Exactly. And I've given myself, a tr I've, I've let my client load sort of mm -hmm. organically drop away for a while. I didn't create anything new because I just couldn't. Yeah, it just I get wasn't it. Happening. I was there. I get and it. Yeah. spent much more time napping, meditation. I mean, I've always been a meditator, but just giving myself permission to just all I can do right now is go lay on the couch. So, and what I found coming out the other side is feeling much more connected, things showing up more spontaneously for me and being much more creatively inspired mm. with the trick of only working when I mean, obviously I have clients, but in terms of creating new things or programs, when I feel inspired to do it, I do it. I don't hold myself to some rigid schedule or it's got to be out today because really right. they're just ideas in my head mm -hmm. really just, I, I'm just beating myself up with these yeah. ideas yeah. that I have to get something done 
but, but really I just want to, I want to speak into this because I feel like if you have a history of trauma, if you come from the, it has to be perfect. I have to please everybody. You are unrelenting on yourself. You are harsh mm-hmm. on yourself. And so clearly, so right now, Catherine is demonstrating the, the before and the after, right? For somebody to be able to say, I don't have the energy. And just then there's the trust. Like, okay, God, I always say, God, if I take care of myself, you got to take care of the business, take care of the money. Because what happens is if we're just fear-based, then we're like on the hamster wheel and we're not listening to our, our, our guidance. We're not listening to the place that's screaming for rest or, or just time out. And we just push and push and push and push. So you don't have to wait till you're 60 to do this one. Don't, don't get old. Don't, don't, don't like, oh, I'm not in midlife. I can't practice this. Yeah, no, no, like, no. The earlier you learn, the better. Yeah. And, and so, it's, you know, also when you're in fear, Therese, you're contracted and your yeah, energy is contracted, yeah. right? And you can't create from that. Place. You can't exactly. attract. We talked about not being a vibrational match. Fear right. is down here somewhere, right? right. Uh, and blame and, and, you know, despair and all of that yeah. negative, yeah. those, those heavier, denser energies. And when they're the preponderance of what you're carrying in your energy field, you can't attract work, right? the things that you want, or maybe it'll come in, but it'll mm-hmm. stay you want, or it'll disappear right. or um, yeah. So spaciousness, I was just talking uh, with a client before we jumped on and the word spaciousness came up multiple times in our conversation uh, in, in, in various different ways. But I love this idea of both internal spaciousness and then, you know, external spaciousness, whether that means decluttering or letting go of things that are yeah. holding old energy uh, in your space. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so, mu- so much to be said. <laughs> well, speaking of that, um, I'm sure folks are interested in following you. And sometimes our guests have Facebook groups or they have freebies. So what, where do you want to point people? So I think there are two things um, that I'll mention. One is I do have a Facebook group for women called Divinely Inspired Feminine nice. Leaders. Nice. So uh, please feel free to join me there. And then my my business is named Sacred Heart Alchemy because mm. it's all about the alchemy mm-hmm. that's available to us through the heart, right? Yeah. It's all, yeah. yeah. So um, if you go to Sacred Heart Alchemy, on my homepage, there's a, a little sign-up box where you can get a couple of lovely meditations that nice. I made years ago as a CD. Actually, went into the studio oh my gosh. and recorded oh my them, gosh. and now they're on digital. So beautiful, again, my age is showing, but uh, <laughs> gorgeously, gorgeously. Uh, <sighs> so I hope if you have listened to this, you know, I, I want I I. Catherine, my goal for this podcast is always to bring hope and inspiration. Mm. And while we're quotes talking about business or quotes talking about business people, it's really about you becoming a better version of yourself. Because if you can't, if you can't be the best version of yourself, it's going to outpicture into your business, right? I think our business is a catalyst to bring up our stuff. Oh, and yeah. so, <laughs> so if like they just like any last words of wisdom. You just kind of go to your heart. Is there anything that needs to be said for the beautiful folks listening? Anything you wanted to share? What's coming up 
is that everything is created in consciousness first, Mm. right? As within, so without. So the inner work, the self-love, the kindness, the giving yourself space, the listening in to the words you're saying Mm -hmm. to yourselves and are they loving? Are they kind? Is it something you would say to a small child or a good Mm -hmm. friend? Really taking those practices to heart and beginning to create a softening and acceptance, Mm. um, love, compassion Mm. within yourself, knowing that (laughs) lots of energy right here. You're preaching it. Knowing that you are absolutely loved and valued just as you are and no amount of doing this Mm-hmm. is going to make you more valuable or more deserving. All of that is yours by nature of you being here in a human body on earth at this time. That's some powerful channeling. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Thank you so much. So I guess the party message is that you're not broken. You're not broken. You experience your broken. stuff and you live through it. And you just yeah. got some. You just got some things that you're carrying. That you, there's there's always hope. There's always hope. And there's it, yeah. And and your soul, believe it or not, chose that particular no, no. path. That's a whole nother conversation. I know. Sometimes I have to remind myself using like, your path oh, as yeah. as the the conduit to your purpose. Um, and that's, I, I know we are wrapping up, yeah. so I won't even go there, but, but that's just another conversation. knowing that, living through it, finding your way through it, loving yourself through it is that's beautiful. what we're nice. here to do. Nice. Okay. And you know, if you can't love yourself, because sometimes that is a thing. Like I, I have a client, I'll say, if you say, what would Tree say to you right now? He'd say, mm-hmm. oh, that's very different than what he normally says to himself. Yeah. So if you can't get to a place of self-love, it could be Jesus. It could be your mother. It could be Maya Angelou. It could, it could be Oprah. It could be Catherine. It could be anybody. Like somebody that loved me, what would they tell me in this moment? So if you can't access it on your yeah. own self, bring it in because it's just as good. Like we just want more love going in yeah. because otherwise and it gets, right? So, even And then we got to wrap up. So one last I'm comment. I'm open we to the possibility of loving myself. Beautiful. Yes. That's a beautiful affirmation. Alrighty, yeah. so I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Catherine, it's been so delightful. So delightful. It's a pleasure. So much fun to hang out with you. Yes, yes. So, gang, listen to this episode. And I would love if you like this episode, two things. Leave a review. It just makes makes it go farther. I just found out in Ireland, I got ranked the like 43rd top entrepreneurial podcast for a oh. moment. That was fun. And <laughs> and the show is showing up in Kenya. So my gosh. So guys, if you like the episode, just send it around to your friends, just share this and leave a review if you can. So peace and blessings and sending you lots and lots and lots of love. Bye now. Bye all. Hey, this is Teresa. And I'm so excited that you were with us today for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, if you are inspired to get to that brilliant place. If you heard some wisdom today that made you think, yeah, I need some help in that area, I would encourage you to have a conversation with me. Super simple. You just go to treeskelly.com forward slash let's connect. 
It's a no charge, no pressure conversation. And if I can support you to clear the blocks, to really step into that brilliance, oh my gosh, it would be a delight. And I'll be honest with you, we'll just have a great conversation and see where we can take it. Peace and blessings. Bye.